As the threat of stage four total lockdown comes in the face of COVID-19, our podcast is impacted as well. Luke is out on the shop floor today as we are trying to record. So I hope you are all managing to find your way through and stay safe. Rosie blokes, we're dads, we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we've made a heap of mistakes, learned a bit, and created plenty of wins. We've taught us a few things about life, love, relationships, communication, leadership, and business. We're here to share our journey and learnings with you. You may get three different perspectives or one universal agreement, but whatever you take away, we hope it made a difference to your day. Hello, Al. Hello, Luke. How are you, gentlemen? Good morning, boys. Well, sunny day in Melbourne. Lockdown stage two. Stage stage two. That's it. yeah. I don't know. Is that the um, a dig at the uh, inconsistencies, mate? Everyone's on stage two and three and four. Or you're talking about version two? Yeah, it's version two. Just the, the statement of what is. That's well, I, I heard we're uh, we're about to go to the next level. That's sort of the uh, the conversation that I heard. We're looking at going to the next stage, which is. Complete lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, just to... And that means that no one can leave their house. Not even for work. No, definitely not work. But you can leave for... Uh, and I don't know about exercise. I don't know what will happen there. Yeah. Um, they might they may pull the plug on exercise. I don't know. It certainly means that... Um, and this is, I think, basically medical. They don't yep. want you going anywhere. I don't know what that'll mean for food. Can you do your grocery shopping? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, they will allow that. Yeah, from what I've heard. So but we'll just have to see. We will yeah. have to wait and see what comes out of the yes. mouth of our beloved leaders. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big step to, uh, to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> You're breaking up. Is that me or is that you? Yeah. Yeah, it's no good. No good at all. So, well, I might be me. I'm just on the factory floor at the moment. Hey, Al, is he cutting in and out or am I? Yeah, Luke definitely is. He said he's on the factory floor. So he's obviously doing, tying up some loose ends in preparation for not being able to go back for a while, I think. Yeah, 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 cool. Excellent. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't me because <laughs> having the record button at my end. <laughs> Excellent. So, all right. Are you back, Luke? Or are you still. No, I'm here. Whoever you near me. Ah, yeah. there you are. Cool. You, you, got me? you dropped out there if you were trying to say that. Yeah. It's going to make for an interesting podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the leaps and bounds in technology. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So on the shop floor at the, at the moment, are you got low staff numbers there or are you trying to, you're at full production for the moment or what's happening? Yeah, pretty much full, yeah, full stead um, with the resources we have. So just jumping in to help out um, with a few jobs just to catch up. Um, yeah, so it's a good thing, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool, awesome. Well, um, 
who knows? We're, we're about to have potentially move into a very extraordinary time. I guess hasn't doesn't have precedent here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what all the other states think of Victoria at the moment. Well, they, they can think what they like. If they have any brains about them, they'll watch and take care because their time will come. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. It definitely is. But, the, you know, the, police are making, the police are making some good money um, fighting uh, all those people running, having uh, parties. Yeah, I know, right? What's with that? <laughs> so I got pulled over Saturday. Yeah. You know, driver's license, where are you going, what are you doing, whose car is this? You know, so um, that was Saturday around the corner from my house. Um, and I'm not in one of the, the Melbourne hotspots. So yeah. uh, it's been taken very seriously by some, that's for sure. Yeah, and on the party, I have an insight being in real estate. Um, so there's a whole industry of Airbnbs that have sprung up in the last few years. And, you know, due to the, the uh, massive pause in tourism, that market has gone close to stopping. And a couple of things have happened as a result. One is that, uh, like, the property that we're involved with where a guy has rented it and allegedly he is running prostitutes in there and party, drug, drug and alcohol filled parties. Um, and it's now moved there where the building manager is calling the police and people are getting arrested. So, so that's what's happening in one property I know of and I know of teenagers that are renting Airbnbs to get together in larger groups and, and have parties. So it's definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. no good. It's, um, yeah, it'd become an issue, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and I, you see in and around the place, even just kids yesterday in the neighbourhood, um, you know, there's like groups of five or six kids on skateboards and stuff, and I'm sure they weren't brother and sister. Um, but, you know, it was a fair point that someone said to me that, you know, there's potential that, um, you know, especially teenagers, some, the parents can't control them. Like they can't, even if they say stay home, these are the, this is the outcome. Um, there's a portion that will just, you know, flout it and say, no, nah, bugger that. I'm just going to do what I want. So, um, I would have at 16, 17, I would have. Yeah, well, and they're scared. Absolutely. Like they're confused too. Like they're going into, you know, into this, you know, version two lockdown, you know, without habit and good role models. Then, um, you know, they're pretty much left to fend for themselves. So, um, and the issue well, with and, this, and again, yeah. Sorry, out you go. No, you finish what you're saying, mate. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, the issue with this compared to other similar viruses, um, you know, is that that you don't present straight away, so they can't, you know, they can't stamp it out very quickly, and that's the problem. Like it really. It, they're just saying that, like, you know, SARS and, and swine flu, people present and they can track a lot quicker and shut it down a lot quicker. So although the uh, swine flu was a lot more deadly, they were able to shut it down sooner because people presented, but now you've got people that it's, it's a 10-day incubation period where they're actually infectious. So 
the only real way to, to stamp this out is to distance, you know, distance yourself from people um, and obviously wear the masks when you're in public. And that's it's really the only way to do it. There's no, uh, even vaccines are saying that um, there's cases in the States where people have been infected twice. Yeah. So they've had a version of the strain and then three months later they've had another version of it. So what they're saying is our immune systems aren't adapting fully to it. So the herd immunity you know, may be out the window and same with a vaccine, you know? Wow. So, so just already just one thing you said there about, about um, uh, what was the word you used? I've lost it now, but it's... Yeah, you said stamp out. That's right. It's like humans have not stamped out viruses <laughs> and won't stamp out viruses. That's, that's what nature no. does. One of the things yeah. nature does is create viruses. And as part of the natural ecosystem, and we are part of that ecosystem and we will be part of that chain. It will never be stamped out. The stock standard flu, among many other viruses, morph and every year there's new vaccines to deal with new strains. So there's nothing unusual in any of that. And well, it's not going to be stamped out. <laughs> and distancing no. is not going to affect us. And, the, and, and, and I'm going to go back to where we were in a conversation a while back. Our government chose to reopen the economy for the economic imperative has led to this. Nothing else. We can kind of say people are doing this, people are doing that. But it's the economic imperative. It's the, it's the choices made by our leaders. We were asked to choose distance in version one and flatten the curve, and we did it. We did it all without any interference. There were some fines and whatever, because it was a brand new situation people had to get used to, but we did it as a nation. And the government chose to open up to protect our economy or to, or to preserve what's left, and that has led to this. And every time they are driven by the economic imperative, and I've said this before and I'll keep saying it, we will keep having this problem. Nothing to do with people and their behaviours inherently, because that's people. They are not going to change unless everyone is locked up and so on. And so it's either we go to that or we stop being driven by an economic imperative. And you're right about what you are saying before about the, about the virus has just been part of life. And, it's, and this may be the first time in our lifetime, but I don't think it's going to be the last. I think we're going to see this on an increasing uh, regularity. Well, this is the first time in our lifetime in our country. So, you know, as, as mentioned, the last one was virtually Ebola. But Africa has no, yeah. Ebola ever since. Sorry, Alex, it's hard to hear you there. My apologies. How, how is it now? Any better or no? Yeah. Uh, a little bit better. So, you need some wind on your on your mind. Yeah, sorry. I, I am caught unprepared today, and I apologise for that to you both and everyone yeah. else. Um, yeah. yeah. So the so that's better. <laughs> great. So that, yeah, that, that that is a reality of life, and and it will not go away. And Ebola, though, so Ebola is much more infectious and much more deadly, and. Africa, where it largely was contained, has continued to deal with it since it first appeared and continues to deal with it. And so the expectation that this one's going to go away is unrealistic. And 
I get the economic imperative and that it, 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 it has to be factored in. However, it's got to be factored into our new world, not the world as we knew it. And so until our leader right. stop trying to preserve their ass and, and pretend that we're not in trouble and try and cover it up, until they stop doing that, this will keep happening, in my very strong opinion. Well, the, as far as, um, you know, the, as the planet is concerned, the human race is in plague proportions, and we've been in plague proportions for a long time, but we're now at a situation where we're not just in local plague proportions, it's a global, it's globally like this, and our ability to travel from one side of the, the planet to the other in such a short amount of time means that the ability for a virus to spread has never been, you know, more empowered as a, for a virus. Like, it's just ripe conditions with us constantly traveling. You know, we, we jump in our cars, we travel an hour to work to then, you know, spend the day with, with our colleagues. The end of the day, we then drive an hour home again and spread if, you know, and if let's just say that one person turned up to an office and gave it to everybody in that office and everybody in that office goes home, now we've got, you know, it's let's say 10 different suburbs across the whole of Melbourne have now got a potential for an infection to spread. And that's just, you know, one, one very simple daily case. And here we are constantly travelling like this. I think we, we may see the, um, the diminishing of, of cities if this continues. You know, this is, as everyone's probably thinking right now, that this is like a once-off case and they're not going to see it again. You know, we talk about every hundred, the last, you know, hundred years ago, there was one. A hundred years before that, there was a big one. Um, and they're thinking, well, it's a hundred years. I, I don't think it's going to be a hundred years anymore. I think it's pretty regular. And the fact that we're already seeing reinfections of this virus, like it's already mutated enough, which it does because it spreads so quickly because there's so many people. We're seeing rapid mutations, which is a virus's job. And we're already seeing reinfections. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get rid of this thing. You know, Australia might, but the, the world's not. Well, what's going to happen when Australia has managed to free themselves from it and the rest of the world still got it? Do we keep our borders locked? Do we no longer travel? What's going to be the next step? Oh, yeah, I agree. And New Zealand are sort of crying about how they've got no community transmission now and they believe they're at zero. And I believe that's folly. There's no evidence to support that other than they went into that stage four lockdown that we're contemplating. And so they controlled it. They controlled the outbreak. To consider they are at zero now is ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, popping so up so everywhere we're about to go into... Sorry, was that? I said it's, it's popping up everywhere now. That's what I mean. It's past, past tra uh, tracking and tracing. It's beyond that now. Yeah, so the, the, stage, the stage three was... Um, control, I think. I don't, I don't think I've got that word exactly right, exactly right, but that's what they were after. They were after kind of controlling it. Stage four is about elimination. And it's just, that's why it's the complete lockdown. No transfer. You know, if you can get zero transfer, um, then you can get rid of it. But then what happens when, when we do have a zero in our pro for Australia? You know, do, are Australians allowed back into the country? Are we going to risk it? Are we allowed to travel? Are we going to sell things overseas? Are we going to bring them back? Like, you know, we can eliminate it within our country, but then what? Yeah. Well, again, I, I argue we can eliminate it from our country. <laughs> we, we can, as you say, and control. This is one of the human problems, right? 
we we still feel we can control things. I know people that believe that during our lifetime or soon thereafter, we will control the weather. It's just patently ridiculous. The view of scientific-minded people that we will control anything that nature produces is just ludicrous. And while that pervades... Well, I, I pity the world if we do manage to control the weather. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> we'll just we'll just distort it and destroy and destroy more of the planet that sustained us. Most likely, we can yeah. try. We'll probably we'll give it a we'll, crack. We'll, in the process of controlling it, we'll make a, a hell of a mess of the job. <laughs> we yeah, might speed up the, uh, the the movement of the tectonic plates and create uh, much more havoc. Yep. Yeah, it can so, be a bit of a problem. We're, we're, we're getting into the world of conjecture, which we're no, we're, we're no more capable than anyone else at that. Um, and even contemplating what might happen next is conjecture. Nah, there's a few. I'm just going to keep going back to the simplistic yeah. view. What, what works, works. What doesn't work, doesn't work. Surely we go to what works, which was, you know, yeah, have some guidelines in place and ask everyone to follow them and expect everyone to follow them. And, and we, remember we had this conversation a long time ago about this, this pervasive belief that humans won't do the right thing. Yeah. No, when they're asked to, they will. When, when, when someone tries to control them and they're forced to, no, we won't. <laughs> it's human nature. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So what's the best option or how do you? Yeah. How do you get everyone on board? Get buy-in. Well, what worked? What worked was our Prime Minister saying, as a nation, we need to get together to protect each other. Early on, yeah. our authorities were saying, oh, masks don't work. And there was an yeah. email, a uh, video purporting to come from the Czech Republic saying, the only thing that works for us is masks. Now we're talking about masks. Yeah. So when, 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 as a human race, will we get together and share knowledge and, and drop our egos and just say, okay, what is working? Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this is a perfect time for that to be going on. And there's there's all this talk about it. And and you're right. It's like, well, how do we right now know so little about it? Why is there still so much confusion? Why haven't we come to, you know, it's been it's been around for many months now. I don't know when it... Does anyone know when it first appeared in China? November. November, right. So we're talking um, December, January, February, March... No, so I did that wrong. December, January, February, March, eight months. April, May, June, July, eight months. Yeah. So eight months has been around. That's a long time. You'd think by now there would be one conversation about it and it would be really clear. This is how it spreads. This is the da 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 da, da. But there's still a lot of confusion. And I get that we're getting clearer and clearer, but, you know, eight months in, we think we'd, we would all be experts on it by now. Hmm. So I guess the question that comes up for me is if we do go into stage four lockdown and we can't go anywhere or do anything, how are we all going to cope? I believe ongoing connection and communication by whatever means we've got, the, we've got these technologies, that's how we cope. Collectively, supporting each other, working with each other. Yeah. Well, it's going to be hard if we can't, you know, work together. You know, obviously we live in a society where people need supplies and food and all the rest of it. So, um, 
yeah, it can be a little bit tricky when the system gets overloaded, that's for sure. So definitely. Are you how are you guys gonna cope if you're locked at home? Is that gonna be a um, challenge? Are you gonna mm. nah. You just got to be prepared, man. Like the reality of it is, I and I don't like. I've had to walk outside to have this conversation because if I have it in front of my staff, they're going to fucking panic. You need to be prepared, yeah. No, I'm fucking deadly serious, right? This economy floods. It works off a fucking false sense of, um, you know, investment in fucking property. Just it's it's a complete fucking wash. There's no there's no investors. There's no like overseas investors that are investing anymore. There's a lot of people, as Al said, with Airbnb that are going to be in trouble. I don't reckon like property prices are anything going to you know drop by half, but there's going to be a big shift in that space as well. Um, and most, you know, a lot of our economy, if you look at the figures, it's a big driver off that and and buying shit, you know, massive consumer society. So the issue is is the supply chains as well. So if you're not if you have not been prepping in the last fucking two months, I guarantee in the next six to eight weeks, there's going to be nothing. And the cost of food is just skyrocketing at the moment. So stuff's hard to get. And it's not through panic buying. That's the thing. People say, oh, there's plenty of food in Australia. Yeah, there is. But when everyone's sick in the abattoirs, there's no people to cut the meat up. There's no truck drivers to drive it. Yeah. Everyone just starts to get a bit scared. And then, and this is already happening in the States where there's massive, um, there's just issues getting food. So like they're, you know, people, people are driving to, um, you know, food banks and they're three-hour wait in your car. Like, literally, people are filling up full tanks of gas just to go and get food for the day. So, you know, and this is a problem and people don't see that and it's, and it's already happening all around us, you know. Um, supply centres like the Coles Distribution Centre, all these big wigs. And, like, I mean, you can't just overnight, you can't empty 400 staff to go and self-isolate and replace them with 400 more efficient staff that know the rules about social distancing and actually how to efficiently, you know, do their job, they're essentially just in training, you know. So this that wears pretty thin. So that can be an issue too. So whatever you can do to stock up, buy provisions and, you know, to be prepared, I mean, I don't panic buy, but I buy what I need each week and I just buy a little bit more and I have done for four or five months, yeah. And that's going to be very important moving forward, um, reducing your costs, looking at your overheads, you know, like you've, you've got to know where you stand somewhat, how long you can last without paying the mortgage, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and things like that, loan repayments, cars, do you need your car? Can you do with one? Sell it now, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's things like that that are going to get quite tricky um, and especially with stage four um, and that's where you know, society can either go one way or the other but I was reckon people prepared somewhat and don't don't think that yeah this will pass straight away because it won't um, and just just be prepared yeah and p- have a plan at home bite off some bigger projects do some gardening get the kids involved you know what I mean just sit down have a bit of a plan for the next six six weeks and and you know potentially turn off the news every day <laughs> that's that's all yeah, I can say yeah. Yeah, and I really like that last bit you said there about having a plan. I think if you're just stuck at home and you don't think about it and you don't and you don't plan for how that's going to work, um, then yeah. you know what is it? The idle hand through the devil's work. So 
get really clear about what it is that you want to do. Hey, you, you know, if you do get locked in, look at it as a gift and say, hey, I'm locked at home for the next, you know, uh, X length of time. How yeah. can I make the most of this? You know, what would yeah. I love to do over that time? You know, what's that project that I've never had a chance time to get on with? You know, whatever it is. And maybe you've been, you're, uh, you want to write that book. Maybe now's the time. Maybe um, there was something out the back that you wanted to build around your house. You want to do that. You know, whatever it is, um, yeah, plan, make that time. And maybe it's just simply time with your family. Hey, I'd love to have more time with my family. Wow. Yeah. You've never had a better chance than right now. What, a, what an amazing gift. So if it does go that way, um, let's hope that uh, people are able to, to make the most of it and do that planning. Uh, well, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to say? Oh, look, I think that's, that's the sort of view that helps us support ourselves and support others. Um, the, the last time round, so version one, my, you know, my, my close friend, business partner and I, we had a conversation when the shelves were empty because we were, we were, we were being, we were, we were being what we thought was responsible and just getting what we needed. And, and we said, well, we're not going to panic by it. We just, we know that our neighbours, by and large, are over soft now. So if things become desperate, we'll knock on doors and ask for help. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's just, it's more about just bunkering down and being prepared to do so, yeah? I mean, you, you want to help out, Al, but, you know, like a prepper's mantra is that once you hand out that cup of sugar, well, you know, you, you've got to be careful who you hand that out to, mate, yeah? Because if things progress fairly badly, sure. then you don't want to be having to beat people off with a baseball bat, um, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's no, the nature of it. We, we agree, we agree with we would agree, agree we would be responsible about it as well, you know. So, yeah. yep. and it's gonna, again, collectively, we all have to be on that same page that it's time for us to, to learn a new level of responsibility as a race that we have not had potentially yeah. ever before. Yeah. Yeah. It might also be a really great opportunity for the human race to discover how little food they actually need to survive on uh, instead of gouging ourselves yeah. three times a day or more. Um, you know, go to one meal a day and actually discover how healthy you become in the process. Yeah, yeah, and you mm. can. You're exactly right, Ross. If you, you know, we don't we don't need a lot of food, as you said. I mean, you know, you can you can actually get by with you know up to one meal a day if you can get your body in ketosis and depending what you're eating. So you know, um, four to five to six is too many. You know, maybe maybe three, two and three is good. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be important too to to know what you're eating and, and focus on that. Um, yeah, I think and back to what Al said about being responsible. I think it might be a good idea to just have a chat to the neighbours. You know what I mean? Two, three houses either side, you know, up and down the street to say, hey, well, you know, this is going on, and you know, we're about to sort of look after each other. And you know, if you need a cup of sugar or whatever, I'm here to help. I mean, I think maybe opening up that dialogue is is you know maybe pertinent now to do that and then everyone's sort of looking out for each other you know especially when things get a bit um you know unruly depends where you live though you know we live in a pretty busy sort of area um you know you you just don't know i mean as unemployment rises like i said in our area too you know people are starting to sort of um you know there's there is certain amount of homelessness where we are but like it's starting to sort of spread in a bit more suburbia so they might be sleeping in like football pavilions or schools and stuff like that that are actually shut down um you know and as that spreads does that add to crime maybe maybe not you know um but again 
that starts to spread and when people um, get desperate, as I say to my kids, some people just want what you have. It's as simple as that. And some people think they can just take it. And that's not everyone, but you need to be mindful that there are people out there that will do that. So when that happens, you, you're kind of ready for it, yeah? Um, and you can't prepare for everything, but you just, it's just those little things that you see. And I think, you know, engaging the community and, um, yeah, working together, majority you know, would probably um, not rule, but majority would have a better outcome, wouldn't they, as a community rather than just a few that are willing to sort of, you know, make it hell for, for everybody else and do whatever they like. Well, that's the word, community. Yeah. Community can thrive and will thrive. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're either going to go for, for wild times or powerful community. I'm hoping uh, and looking for and going to be uh, doing my bit to create powerful community. All right, Jen, it, it's been a, uh, an intriguing episode today and I look forward to seeing how the world unfolds over the coming weeks, months and years. Yep, yep definitely. Yeah, stay safe and, um, yeah, don't worry about toilet paper. Um, there's bidets, if you haven't heard, and there's also um, <clears throat> tea towels and water, okay? Just putting that out there, dudes. I've got Iranian ancestry and I've got members of my family that, that use one roller every couple of months. They use a bottle with water to wash their ass. They don't even have a bit of it. And it works. That's, that's so fun. That's so, that's so efficient. That's so efficient. It is. All right, well, well that's it. I've got a family that I'm all about. Some of my family members won't even use a serviette in a restaurant. You know, that, that's what they're all about. Who's just well, minimising their, their unnecessary waste. Yeah, well, maybe we could start a you know company called Bottle Bidets and all the um, you know all the little shot things that they use in the hospitality industry. Maybe buy them up, put them on the end, and there we go. We've got a portable bidet. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Right. Awesome. Cool. I'll, Thanks, gents. I'll be near the ocean, Catch mate. The I'll, go, I'll go. I'll go for a swim and wash my ass there. <laughs> I don't think you'll be allowed soon, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. Cover of night. Have a nice cover nice, of night. Mate. Zero temperature swim. Yeah. <laughs> Navy SEAL style, you reckon? Oh, mate. That's funny. All right. Oh, well. Yep. Thanks, boys. No worries. Enjoy. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Bye. Have a good one. Bye. This has been Ross Pepper, Alistair McDonald, and Luke Farrar for the Ross L. and Luke Show. If you wish to get in contact with us regarding the show, please reach out to us via email on rosslluke at gmail.com. To discover more about myself, Ross Pepper, please visit my website, rosspepper.com. To check out L and discover what he can do for your team, please visit his website, alistairmcdonald.com.au. And if you're ready for an awesome sign for your business, be sure to visit luke at lfsigns.com.au. You have been listening to the Ross Allen Luke Show. Thanks for listening and have a spectacular day.